Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. My name is Alex, and this is the official remix of my episode number one. I am recording this intro after publishing episode number 31 because 30 weeks of podcasting has allowed me to increase my editing skills, my equipment, and of course, my presentation skills. This episode has been re-edited with the benefit of my experience in producing this show, but there's still some kinks. I can promise you, though, that if you give me a chance and listen on past this episode, that this show gets better with every episode. And with every episode, I promise that you will walk away with new knowledge and perspectives on money and personal finance. So, without further ado, I present to you episode number one. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... What's up, everyone? It's Alex, and today I want to talk about budgeting. Have you ever gotten to the end of your paycheck? and it's not time for a new one? Do you find you're having to put purchases on a credit cards or go without certain purchases? Or maybe you just got to say no to going out with the friends or the guys just because you had a, let's say, mismanaged cash flow. Well, then a budget just might be what you're looking for. But first, what is a budget? A budget, by definition, is a financial plan for a defined period. And what that simply means is that You look ahead for the next month and you think, okay, I'm going to be making this much money. I have to make these purchases. And hopefully at the end of that calculation, you got a little bit of extra money left over. And from there, you want to take that and decide where you want to put that. But it's not just looking at your expenses and just accepting what you have or accepting the different things that are there. It's going through with a purpose and deciding, okay, here's all the money I make. I need to decide where it's going, and I need to make sure that it's going to where I want it to go, that I'm able to do whatever it is I want to do with my life and not be hamstringed by having extra expenses that I don't want or need. Why should you have a budget? Well, again, you want to pay for things that are important to you. You want to put money aside for things that are important to you, whether that's investing just to have some extra money, putting some money aside to buy a new car. Maybe you're trying to buy a house. Maybe you're trying to get a bigger house. Maybe you're trying to put a kid through college. It's really hard to do that when you don't know where your money's going. It really doesn't take a lot. You just got to be looking at your finances and go through it with a purpose. Just decide, I'm going to get my money right. And the first thing to do that, I need to have some extra money. Now, I do want to go on a rant here that budgets are a lot like diets. Now, Before I go any farther, how many of you just cringed at the word diet? How many of you just had a bad thought just flash through your head like, oh no, not a diet? Well, budgets, I believe, get that same connotation. Budgets and diets are not dirty words. They're not, oh no, something you have to avoid. Truth is, a diet is just what you eat on a regular basis. It doesn't mean you're specifically trying to deprive yourself or cut things out. Can it be that? Yes, it can. But... The word at its core just means that's what it is that you eat on a regular basis. That's what you decide. And that's really what a budget is. Even if you're not planning your spending right now, or you're not sure where your money's even going right now, you have a budget. Now, the point of budgeting is just to see really where your money's going, where it's coming in, and being a little bit more 
precise with it, a little bit more practical, a little bit more purposeful, and saying, okay, I make X amount of thousands of dollars per month, or even hundreds, and here's where I want my money to go to what's important to me. Now, one of my favorite quotes in college came from one of my management professors, junior year. There's a phrase in management that is, what does not get tracked does not get managed. So if you don't know where your money's coming in, where is it going, and the exact amounts of everything, you're not truly managing your finances. And it's really important for you to get the core foundation of your budgeting taken care of, because if your budget's not straight, you can't invest. If you can't invest, you can't retire. You can't have savings. You're not going to be able to put money aside, whether that's going to be to buy that house or put that child through college or put yourself through college. So it's really important that we're tracking this stuff and getting it managed. Now, as I said before, you already have a budget. Where you're spending your money right now, that is your budget. Now, I would bet that most of you don't know what that is, but we'll get there. The ancient Greeks would say that you need to know thyself. And right now, I would bet that you do not exactly know where your money is going. And it's important for you to really get to know yourself to understand what's important to you and where your money is going. And what I mean to say by that is that you probably spend a lot more money than you'd think in certain categories. Maybe it's clothes. Maybe it's eating out. Maybe it's that expensive car sitting in the driveway. Or really, it's just anything that you're just spending an extra money on. And I would bet you don't quite know the depth of how much money you're spending on there. There's a popular phrase in business that's called voting with your wallet. Now, how do you decide what business wins out? Which business makes more money? Well, people vote. If you decide that you like Target more than Walmart, you're going to go and you're going to shop more at Target. And what that's doing is you're voting with your wallet. Every time you go there and spend money, you are showing, hey, Target, I believe that you are the better value. I choose to shop here have my money. Now, you are getting something out of that, but what you're doing is you're telling Target, hey, here it is. I believe you're doing stuff better. And Walmart has a drop in sales because maybe you decided to not shop there anymore. And you, along with millions of other shoppers, are voting with your wallet. Now, the same concept comes into play when you're talking about your budget. If you find that you make say $3,000 a month after taxes, and 500 bucks a month goes towards clothing. You're voting with your wallet that clothes are really important to you. Point of this concept is, in discovering where your money has been going and where it is going, you're going to end up discovering what is important to you. And it might not be what you think. It might be a subconscious thing, that you're subconsciously spending a lot more money in some categories than others. And in doing this exercise, you're going to see what it is you truly care about. Now, you might be wondering, how do I track my spending? Well, almost anything, there's going to be multiple ways that you can do it. The first is just go through your wallet. Whatever debit cards you have, credit cards you have, you're going to want to go back to the last month and just pull those statements, go through, and if you want to, you can print them out on paper so you have something tangible there. And you can actually go there, and on each line item, you're going to see a purchase for ABC Store for $25. You can just go in there and write in groceries or maybe electronics or hobby. This is your finance. You can do whatever you want with it. You can put whatever labels on it. Personal finance is personal. So it's however you want to track it. Uh, it's not up to me to tell you whatever. I can give you ideas. I can give you suggestions. But in the end, it's your life and your money. How you want to organize it, that's going to be the best way for you. It may not be the best way for everyone, but if it works for you, that is all that matters. 
Now, once you've gone through all those and you've labeled them, you're going to want to tally them up. Go through, write out your budget, and just have those categories, whether it was hobbies, groceries, clothes, eating out, and total up all the numbers. And then you'll be able to tell that, okay, so for the last month, or depending on how far back you pulled statements for, I spent this much money on this, this much money on this. Really spend some time on this exercise. Really examine the documents and just see those totals and see if that makes sense. If you see a number that's really high, just close your eyes for a second and just think, did I really spend that much money here? Because I guarantee you, because I have to do this exercise every now and then, but I guarantee you there's going to be at least one or two categories where you're spending a lot more money than you think. When I first made my budget about six or seven months ago, I was looking and I was like, you know what? How much do I spend on gas? You know what? I think I spend about 25, 30 bucks a month on gas. So I went back, pulled my statements. I looked at the spending and it was ended up being around 75. And then I realized I probably drive a little bit more than I need to. And in doing that, I thought about my daily routine, what I was doing on the weekends, where I was going in general. And it turns out I was doing a whole lot of extra trips to the grocery store or, oh, I'm just going to go run out and get that one thing. Just a lot of things that seem like they're not a big deal, but they just add up. It just compounds, goes back and forth, until eventually you get triple what you thought you were spending in gas. Now, that's my example, although my big one is eating out. I recently went through, uh, I just went through a big move where I moved about 600 miles from home, and I went about four or five months of not tracking my expenses, just because it was stressful for the move, got to hurry up and find a place, starting a new job. At least those are the excuses I'm uh, I'm leaning on. The point is, I went several months without tracking my expenses, and then I had a whole new area of cost of livings that I didn't know. So I went back, and I checked my purchases for the last three or four months, and I found that I was spending around $300 a month just on eating out. So that's stopping and getting a smoothie at Smoothie King. Full disclosure, those weren't necessarily me going out and just getting breakfast. My girlfriend actually manages a smoothie. So me going to visit her and ending up having to pay for a smoothie. You know, you'd think you can score one for free, but guess not. And that brings us to the next big point in our episode. Dating the manager of a business does not guarantee... No, I'm kidding. That's not the actual lesson here. To get back and be serious, I found I was spending $300 a month just on eating out. Really, there's no excuse for that. I should not have been spending that. That is way more then if I would have guessed, that is way more if I would have wrote out and planned my budget. It just brings us back to what doesn't get tracked doesn't get managed. I wasn't tracking my spending, so I didn't realize that I spent $1,200 in three months, I'm sorry, four months, on eating out. And when you go through and you track your expenses like this, you're going to find things like that. I guarantee you, all of you listening are going to go through and you're going to find some expense that is double or triple what you thought it was. The good news is, once you know that that is what's going on and that a certain category of spending is your weak point or where money's slipping through the cracks, once you know it, then you can manage it. Then you can make the conscious effort of you're starting to pull up through, say, McDonald's or whatever, insert fast food restaurant here, and you just think for a second, hold on, do I really need this? I spent $300 a month on eating it. You know what? It's a 10-minute drive home. I can wait. I have food at home. And it's small changes like that that add up every month, every six months, every year. And if you take that $10 that you would have spent and you save it to get something you want or you invested it, that's kind of stuff 
right there is just the little efficiencies that are all going to add up and get you somewhere big in the future. Now, I've gone straight down the rabbit hole on this little rant here. The second way you can track your expenses, besides printing out your statements, writing it down, and then calculating it, is if you're a nerd like me, you can use a spreadsheet. Now, essentially the same process, but what you can do is you can go down the list and you can say, okay, store A, Target, Walmart, whatever. I'm not advertising for any of them. They don't pay me. wish they did, but you can go down the list and in, in each cell, say column A, Walmart, column B, this date, column C, this much money, and then column D, category. So if you want to say groceries, clothing, whatever, that's where you put in your category. And for that, it's a lot easier to sort because once you have this long list of all that data, you can go through and in just a couple clicks, you can organize all that data in whatever way, whether that's you want to categorize by the category, whether it's, okay, let me see all the groceries, let me see all the hobby stuff, let me see all the eating out. It's really easy to go through, sort all that data. You can even do it by date. If you wanted to see, okay, so for the first week of May, I spent this much money. But the fourth week of May, I spent double that. Why am I spending so much near the end of the month and so much more than what I'm doing at the beginning of the month? Maybe there's something there to help you out. The point is, having the spreadsheet, it's a little bit more intuitive, and the bonus there is it's very lightweight. You're not going to have file cabinets full of folders and whatnot that you're tracking this stuff month over month. If you have a spreadsheet, it's very easy to either keep it on the same sheet and just kind of move over a couple columns, or you can have a different spreadsheet for each one, or if you're a little bit more technically savvy, you can have multiple sheets inside of the same spreadsheet, and you can just keep track of, okay, so this one is... January 2020, February 2020, March 2020, or if you're listening to this a thousand years from now, January 3020, nah, that ain't gonna happen. But also the added benefit of having it in a spreadsheet is that say you go through and you have your spreadsheet for all of 2020, January through December, you can make another sheet just to get the totals of each category, and you can make, within a couple minutes, an additional sheet that has your spending for the year. For the entire year, you spent, say, $10,000 on groceries. $20,000 on your hobby stuff, and maybe you saved $50,000. I don't know, I'm just coming up with numbers now. But with using that spreadsheet, it's going to be a lot easier to aggregate that data and keep track of it over longer periods of time. Now, the third way to do it is to basically just not do it at all. There are actually numerous apps and websites that, for free, you can hook your bank accounts, your credit card accounts, your loan accounts, and they will aggregate the data for you. So I have two credit cards and a debit card, and between the three of those, that handles all of my spending. I actually use a program, which I'm not going to mention the name just because they don't pay me to, and it's a free account. I hook up all three of my cards, and with those connected, every time I make a purchase, no matter which card it is, it goes straight to this website, and it categorizes it for me. And then once or twice a month, I go in and I review all the charges, and then if they miscategorize something, I mean, I just got to click two buttons and it switches to what it's supposed to be. Or if I want to rename something or if I want to go in and put in a note, any of that and all of that is possible. And then with just a couple buttons, you get all kinds of colorful graphs, fun charts. If there's a spike somewhere that, hey, you know, this month you spent a lot more money than normal in this category, you can go and take a look at it. You can set up alerts. It's all kinds of stuff. If you just Google spending tracker or spending tracker apps, anything like that, you'll find it. If y'all are interested in me name dropping, feel free to shoot me an email. 
Uh, that email address for the show is going to be at the bottom of the show notes. Or if you want to, you can make your own. There's actually an article, which I will post in the show notes, from a podcast called Waffles on Wednesday, which I'm not going to go in and tell their story. If you're interested, you can go check. But I'm going to post a link. They have a way that using Google Sheets, you can create an app on your phone, which it's not really an app, but it's going to show up as an app where it's on your home screen. You can push the button, and it works essentially like an app. And you can make what's essentially a Google survey for yourself. And just every time you make a purchase, you can put in all the details, hit submit, and what Google will do is it'll automatically take all the information you put in. And again, this is yours. You can make this however you... Uh, in fact, I can share mine if y'all are interested. Just go ahead and shoot me an email. Google will take all those entries and it'll put it into a spreadsheet. So instead of you manually going through and typing in the information into the spreadsheet from your statements, after you make the purchase, you can open up the app on your phone, check a box for a category... Say, oh, I spent fifty three seventy five, and is at this place. Here was the reason. Submit, and boom, it gets automatically put into your spreadsheet, so that you can later go in and check it. So, with that, we've covered quite a few ways that you can be tracking your spending. Once you have your spending tracked, or at least you've seen in the past where your money's going, it's going to make your life a lot easier when it comes time to formulate your budget. Because you're going to see where your money's already going and where the big changes are going to be. And with that, let's go ahead and talk about budgets. There are probably a million different ways you can make your budget. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to break it down into two different ways since you're, or if you're still listening to this podcast at this point. The first, which is what I do and personally what I would recommend, but again, personal finance is personal. What works for me and what I'd recommend might not work for you. Really, it's kind of a guess and check. You just got to play with different methods and see what works for you. So what I'd recommend doing, just because this is the less sudden of a shock, would be just to take your spending tracker, look at where you spent your money for the last month, and just make adjustments. So instead of remaking an entire budget, if you see that you're spending, say, $300 a month on eating out, you can go through and say, okay, maybe I don't want to do $300 a month. Let's, let's, let's drop it down to $100. we will see how that goes for a month. We'll probably drop it further, but for now, let's cap ourselves at 100 and then all of a sudden, you'll notice you have $200 extra per month. Okay, so what do I want to do that? Well, I do kind of wear some raggedy clothes, so maybe I want to put another $50 in the clothes. Maybe I want to put some of that in savings. Maybe I want to pay down a credit card. Maybe I want to put it on my car, put it in the rainy day fund. I mean, you can do anything you want with it. It's your money. Personal finance is personal. But the point is, in cutting that expense, you now have $200 extra in this example to put towards what it is that matters to you. And that's the point of this whole exercise, just organizing your money in a way that you can accomplish your goals. Now, as I said, that was probably the most painless way to do it. You just got to go through each category and say, okay, hobbies. I spent $500 last month on my hobby. It's like, okay, you know what? That might be a little excessive. Maybe I can cut that down a little bit. And then for others, you might be seeing you're spending less than you want. Maybe you're not saving anything at all. Well, in that case, you might want to open up a category for saving for an emergency fund. Uh, we're going to cover that in a future episode as well as debt paydown strategies and a whole lot of investing. But for now, we're just talking about our budgets because if you don't have your budgeting right, none of the rest matters. And so that was the first of the two quote-unquote ways you can go about doing your budget. The second way is actually more of a category, and I just call this starting from zero. Now, what that means is you just completely disregard what it is you have been spending money on in the past couple months. And you just start from nothing and you build your budget from scratch. If you make $3,000 a month, you're sitting there with a 3,000 number. 
And we're just going to subtract from that until we either hit zero or we get to where you want to be. So the first of the major budgeting topics or plans are the 50-30-20 budget. Now what that is is 50% of your money goes towards your needs. That's going to be your mostly your fixed costs. That's going to be your mortgage, your auto loan, rent, groceries, the electric bill, the power bill, whatever money you pay for your phone. That's It's the needs category. It's the stuff you probably can't go without. 50% goes there. 30% goes towards your wants. This is going to be your eating out budget. This is going to be your hobbies budget. Just the extra stuff that you don't need to live slash survive. And then 20% is what's going into savings. That's going to be maybe your retirement accounts. Maybe that's going to be going into your savings accounts. Maybe that's going to be for sinking funds for future purchases. We're going to cover that in a minute here. The point is you have 50% going towards your needs, 30% towards your wants, and then 20% towards your savings. Now, the important part here isn't the specific numbers. If you wanted to, say, have 40% towards your needs and 30% towards your savings, that's perfectly fine. You're going to hear me say it a thousand times on this podcast, but personal finance is personal. The point is, you have three different categories that are sort of your macros. You have your needs, you have your wants, you have your savings. As far as what percentages you want to put into each of those, that's up to you. What works for me might not work out for you. It all just depends. Now, the second version here of the start from zero is just the 80-20 budget. Now, this one obviously has one less category. It's a little more simple. Essentially, it's 80% is your spend, which is just spending. Needs, wants, fun stuff whatever. And then 20% is saving. So personally, I don't like this one as much because you're not, there's just that 80% that you're spending. There is no needs versus wants split. And if there's not an explicit split like that, you're going to end up spending $300 a month on eating out. So again, the specific number, 80-20, that's not the important part. If you decide that the spend slash save method of breaking up your finances is for you, if you wanted to do 70% spend and 30% save, there's no police that are going to kick in your door and say, you didn't stick to the 80-20 budget. That's not how that works. Personal finance is personal. Do whatever works for you. Now, the last one here is interesting, but it takes a little bit of being purposeful in how you're going to do it. And this is a zero-based budget. Now, with this one, unlike the previous two, there is no percentage split. This percent goes here, this percent goes here. All a zero-based budget is, you look at all of your income, and every dollar of that needs to go somewhere. You're not saying percentages, you're saying, okay, if I make, let's say for the sake of math, $1,000. If I make $1,000 a month, 500 goes towards rent. $100 goes towards a cell phone. $200 goes towards a car. I've already lost count. Uh, I'm assuming I'm at 800. Uh, let's, let's just go with that. If that's all the expenses you have, you need to figure out what you're doing with that 200. There's no overflow. With a zero-based budget, if you make $1,000, your budget better have $1,000 worth of quote-unquote expenses, whether that's going towards actual expenses, your wants, or your savings. The point is, every dollar has a job. This method has been very popularized in the past 10, 20 years by Dave Ramsey, that every dollar needs to have a job. And what this does is it ends up blocking your options. So if you say, I'm only going to spend $50 a month on eating out, well, you are only going to spend $50 a month eating out because you have planned your budget. So if you spend $51 on eating out, 
well, that dollar's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come out of your budget from somewhere, and you're depriving yourself elsewhere because you wanted an extra buffalo sauce at Wendy's. So those are four different budgeting options. You can take your spending tracker, what you've done, and just make adjustments until you get to where you want to be. You can do the 50-30-20 budget with your needs, wants, and savings. You can do your 80-20 budget, that's just spending and saving. Or you can do a zero-based budget, where you can go through and be really specific with. Now, if y'all will permit my personal bias to come in, personally, I don't do any of these. I am not a very specific individual. I cannot track out every dollar of my spending unless I have an app coming in behind me and solving for it. So what I do personally is I take all my income. I say, okay, this much is going towards saving because I handle my savings first. This much gets taken out of my check every month automatically. This much comes out also to go towards various investment accounts. And then I get to spend what's left. Okay, so from what's left, we've got the mortgage, the cell phone payment. You have your needs. Once I have savings and the needs taken care of, I I don't really care where the wants money is going. If my budget has 50% of my income going towards saving and then 30% towards my needs, well, that extra 20%, I'm not going to plan out because I don't need clothes every month. I'm someone who wears the same set of clothes for two years before I need to replace that particular set. So I don't need a clothing budget. So... What I'll just do is, hey, I've got this $200 left over after all my savings and my needs. Okay, I've got $200. Whether that goes towards eating out, whether that goes towards extra paydowns on my debts, maybe that goes towards me just going to go do laser tag or get some beers with some friends. The point is, I have that $200, and that $200 is all I get to spend on fun stuff. So I guess you can call it a modified 50-30-20 or the needs, wants, and savings, but I just be sure I put the savings first, because that's where all the real fun happens. Now, there is one more thing I want to cover before we go ahead and get out of here. And I had mentioned a few minutes ago in the podcast a sinking fund. Now, what a sinking fund is, it's something that you budget for that it's a large purchase some point in the future. Now, what that could be is maybe you want to buy a home. Let's say you want to buy a house and you want to have, for the sake of math, $12,000 down, and you want to have it in a year. Essentially, what a sinking fund is, you need $12,000 in a year, or $1,000 a month. So, you need to work backwards. You have 12 months, $12,000, $1,000 a month, so you need to put in your budget for a year, $1,000 towards home purchase. And that needs to be a line item in your budget. For 12 months, you're going to have an item in your budget that says, money for home purchase, or however you want to phrase that. And what you're doing is, you're taking that money and you're throwing it into a savings account, so that it's ready to go. And then once it's time to actually buy the house, you don't put that entire $15,000 in your budget because you've already accounted for it in the previous 12 months. It's already gone. So sinking funds are a good way to plan out ahead of time for something. Personally, I have a cruise coming up in about six months. So let's say that cruise is $1,000. I've got about six months. That's a little bit under $200 a month. So I have a line item in my budget for about say $200 a month because I want some tip money or some fun money. So I'm not spending that $200 per month, but I have it in my budget so that I don't spend it. And I know that, hey, that $200 needs to go into that savings account. And then the time the cruise comes around, all of a sudden I've got a savings account with $1,000 and I'm rip roaring and ready to go in Aruba. And I want to thank you guys really for listening. I do want to remind y'all that this is my first time ever doing a podcast. So this is probably going to sound really rough. I hope it gets better as time goes on. 
But let's go ahead and summarize what we talked about today. We talked about what budgeting is, why you already have a budget, how budgets are a lot like dieting, some various ways to budget. I told you how I budget. And then we made a note on sinking funds. And I really want to thank all of you. This has been really fun for me. I hope it gets better over time. My skills as a presenter and a talking to myself in a dark room. Uh, I hope to have great content for you guys at least every week, probably more. And there is going to be a YouTube channel where I'm going to take information like this and I'm going to put it out there so you guys can actually see what I'm doing. So I'm going to go ahead. By the time this episode comes out, there's going to be a YouTube channel established and I'm going to have videos for how to make your own spreadsheet to make your budget, how to be tracking your expenses. And then I mentioned earlier how you can categorize different expenses by playing around in Excel. I'm going to have a YouTube video uploaded showing you how to do that from start to finish. And I'm going to also have a link for the spreadsheet that I made in the video so that if you don't feel like doing it for yourself or you just want to go ahead and use mine, you can go ahead and download that for free. I'm just going to have a link posted. Just be sure to check out the show notes where I'm going to have everything there listed out for you. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.